Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to be part of our real estate family and learn commercial real estate investing from A to Z. I'll be sharing with you tips for real estate investing while being mentored by a few people with several years of experience so that you and I can make the least amount of mistakes as possible and succeed a lot faster. My goal is to keep things very straightforward because I value your time and you are here to learn. With that, in the last episode, we learned how to analyze a self-storage property and what do REITs look for when they are purchasing self-storage properties. And in this episode, we are learning how to invest in land and also what are the pros and cons of land investing. We are interviewing Ryan Petit with Prosperity Aid. Ryan is a real estate investor with over 10 years of experience. Ryan and his partner, Curtis, have a real estate portfolio across 25 markets in agriculture, hospitality, residential, and land throughout the U.S. and internationally. Here we go. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited to have you here. You are our first land investor to be interviewed on this podcast. And before we learn a little bit more about land investing, why don't you start by sharing a little bit about you? Yes, Steph, thanks for for having me on and appreciate the opportunity to connect with your listener family. And uh, just a little bit of my background, uh, I am a business owner and entrepreneur and uh, have invested in real estate for over 10 years. Uh, started off building up a passive portfolio in uh, single family homes and then expanded into to land and have been doing that for a little over five years at this point. And uh, most recently are, are now kind of pulling all of those pieces together into the, the syndication realm and, and looking at uh, bigger projects and bringing in passive investors. So I, I have a certification in uh, project management professional with PMI, and uh, it serves well with, with managing multiple projects and initiatives all at the same time. I'm excited to learn about ways that people invest in land. So tell us what your experience has been, and I'm sure there are multiple levels, different ways of approaching investing in land. So if you don't mind describing what they each are, that would be super helpful. Yeah, so we first got started and uh, we're, we were introduced uh, to, to some folks in the, the industry. One, Mark Podolsky with the, the Land Geek, and then also to Jack and Jill with uh, Land Academy and, and kind of understanding the, the premise behind investing in in land and creating a business around it. And this is undeveloped raw land specifically and, and looking for those opportunities to resell and, and also generate cash flow from it. So that's really how we got started with our, our education. And like any investment, you can either do it actively or passively. So we had the, the passive experience and our goal was to expand into active investing 
and, and creating a business structure around it. And, and so that was the, the first uh, venture into to doing that. What we first got started with is, is finding opportunities to buy uh, vacant land below market value and uh, find an end buyer and continuing to, to sell it to below that market value so you're competitive in the marketplace and ultimately being able to sell it to them uh, as kind of a flip transaction or uh, creating cash flow by uh, fronting the, the capital and uh, collecting monthly payments. Um, so that, that's kind of how we get started with the business. And then there's opportunities within land to expand beyond just the parcel itself because you can look at ways that uh, you can uh, turn it into a more productive and sustainable piece of property. and doing things like a better use with agriculture, potential developments, a lot of people land bank. And so there's a lot of different realms that you can go within land that are, are, can be considered uh, investment, either from an active or a passive standpoint. What is a land bank? So land banking is essentially holding on to, to properties and uh, waiting for them to the surrounding areas to develop. And so essentially driving the appreciation, similar to like a, a residence or a commercial property where you're um, holding it for a period of time. And then once that market uh, increases, then you've got more value and equity in that property and you could uh, develop it for a better use, or you could also continue to hold it and then be able to sell it off at a later date to an end buyer. Is there a typical amount of years that people wait on that land? And I'm sure that varies greatly, but... It varies by marketplace. So it, it depends on what your, your strategy is. A lot of times, you know, you're looking at, at areas that are in rural markets or outside of secondary or tertiary areas and in which you could find a property and it's in somewhat of a proximity to a, a metropolitan area, but it's depends on how long it takes that growth curve and people expanding out. And so as folks are expanding and uh, the, those boundaries increase, that's when you start to see that, that equity and that appreciation in that property. Are there any tax advantages of holding land as there are with commercial properties? Yeah, so if you talk about land itself, it, it's actually not an in incentivized asset in the, the sense of, you know, you can't collect appreciation on it. And the purpose of the, the land being vacant is that there are no uh, structures on it. And so there's nothing that, that you could utilize from a, a taxation standpoint. However, as you look at looking into different opportunities to uh, change the user classification, for example, agriculture, uh, you can always uh, make those improvements to the land and, and create uh, some tax incentives. So right now, there's actually a huge push in the marketplace to continue to, to focus on agricultural land, farming use because of the need of our surrounding communities and access to those fresh fruits and, and vegetables. So the government is actually providing grants and low interest loans uh, as an incentive to, to develop those properties and, and create something that is sustainable. So the land itself is not, but then you change it into a better use and then you can realize um, some tax advantages from that. 
and in terms of that entitlement process, and I'm aware that your way of investing is different, you're buying and selling right away. But if someone were to do some entitlements, how does that work with regards to land? Yeah, and, and we do hold on to some of the properties, and, and so not all of them are sold immediately. But uh, the transfer process, the, the nice thing is that uh, for land that doesn't, doesn't have any structure on it, there's a less likelihood that there are any liens or encumbrances on the, the property. And that's because there has not been any improvements or any structures placed on the property where an entity could place that lien against it. So a title search is, is pretty easy. We actually utilize a subscription service to do that research. And then also a lot of relationships directly with the counties to make sure that uh, the title is free and clear and the ability to transfer. And so when we transfer a property into our business entity, we do it through a warranty deed process. And then if we were to resell it, we do a special warranty deed, just making sure that all of the title is clear and it's transferred free from any of those liens or encumbrances and ensuring that that process is, is finalized. And if there is an buyer that they are completely satisfied and have that full ownership of the property. Ryan, can you give us a day in your life in terms of what do you do on a daily basis with this form of investment? Yeah, there are three different uh, components to, to business, and uh, we break it down between uh, sales and marketing, operations, and then finance, as well as legal. Uh, and so our team consists of myself and Curtis overseeing the full picture and the operations of the business. And then we also have a full-time manager and some, some part-time support as well. So it is fully operated as a, as a business and making sure that we have the proper structure and third-party support, including things like bookkeeping and our legal team in place. But essentially, there's, there's a lot of, of work uh, that happens and, and discussions with the, the county on a daily basis because each market is a little bit different, as well as with both the sellers as well as buyers. So those conversations to make sure that uh, we find a mutually beneficial solution for all parties that are involved. So we've got uh, the, the systems and, and processes in place to ensure that uh, we're, we're capturing details through a CRM and able to be effective in what needs to be transferred and, and where we're at in the, the stage and the life cycle of a particular property. When you have so many transactions going, do you need to have your own real estate license? Do you need to work with a broker? How do you deal with that? Yeah, we've actually purposefully not gone out and gotten our license because that's something that you are restricted on the types of transactions that you can do with having your brokerage license. So what we go out to the marketplace as a business and introduce ourselves as investors and understanding that we have to follow certain procedures. And so that's one of the reasons anytime if we end up selling a property, we do always transfer that property into our business entity name before it goes to that end buyer to make sure that there's that, that transaction from the, the first party through us into the, the final party. And so with that, we, we're not required to engage in any agents. We have had folks that have asked to utilize an agent that's not built into our pro forma as we 
do our acquisitions and sales. And so what we do is say that, hey, that has to be handled outside of the transaction. You as the you know representative need to get compensated and we believe in that, but it's not part of our pricing model. So that person will need to, to work with you directly on what that looks like and how it would be, be compensated. Makes sense. So let's say someone is just getting started and looking at potentially investing and doing this, what are the first few steps that you would recommend someone who would just be starting investing in land? Yeah, I would definitely recommend education is the the utmost importance. And uh, we are uh, in the, the Real Estate Guys Network and we consider uh, Robert and Russ are our mentors. And that's one of their mantras is education for effective action. And uh, so I'd highly encourage folks uh, to, you know, listen to, to podcasts, to read books, but also make sure that you start to put action in place. And you can do that by establishing strategic relationships and forming a team and also finding mentors, because ultimately with a, a mentor relationship in the real estate investing world, a lot of folks have the abundance mindset and willingness to, to share uh, so that they can uh, then provide a path for that person to to not make the same mistakes or, or kind of be able to compress those timeframes and apply to their specific situation. And then also making that decision whether or not you want to be an active investor versus a passive and how that relates to your investment philosophy. And that just kind of depends on the course that you want to take. When you touch on the mentor question, that is actually a popular question that I get all the time. How did I find my mentor and mentors? And I know that for some people it's through relationships and some people pay for mentorship. How have you gone about finding mentors? Yeah, I think the most successful mentor relationships are through relationships. And it's something that needs to happen organically. And it's not necessarily going out and saying, hey, will you be my mentor? It, it kind of happens over time and being able to establish that, that connection and seeing that similar path that you're on as far as where you want to be. So looking out into the future, where do I want to be? five, 10 years from now, you may have that person in your network and where you're striving to go and start to, to ask those questions and understand their process as well as what they've done in order to get where they're at today. As far as potential downsides of investing in land, what could they be? Yeah, I think we touched on it a little bit that it's not a tax advantage asset on its own. Uh, you have to create those opportunities. And especially as we talk about cash flow, that's not something that resonates with a lot of folks that invest in structures, but you can generate that cash flow by holding that property and being able to uh, collect monthly payments. And you're acting as the bank at that point or a buyer or someone that, that is looking to ultimately transition the property into their name because financing does not exist readily in the marketplace for land. Uh, mm -hmm. The other thing I'd say is that, uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, folks believe that 
you know, this can be set up at, from a business perspective very passively. And I'd say that there are a lot of moving parts and there are a lot of intricacies to the business that it takes some time to establish those structures, those processes. And it's definitely a very active business and, and a lot involved with it. So I would encourage folks to take that into consideration as to what path they want to take, whether it's from an active standpoint or passive and what that means to them. And if they're looking for passive opportunities, um, start to establish those strategic relationships with people that are already doing it, uh, which is something that we're currently developing as an opportunity for investors to come in and participate and achieve the, the cash flow and the benefits from our business without having to, to set up the active side um, of the operations. Thank you for touching on that. Uh, every single asset class <laughs> is a lot of hands-on, and I appreciate you also elaborating that land is no different than any other asset class. Is there anything else that you think is important for our audience to know? Yeah, I'd say that the opportunities are limitless. I've kind of touched on a, a few of them that, uh, you know, really you think about a raw piece of land and it's not something that is super flashy or, or sexy for any reason. It's uh, not something you see on HGTV, but there's a lot of opportunities associated with it. So it's kind of changing that mindset and shifting that paradigm of understanding how can you take this asset and create an investment out of it. So it's really about structuring it from that mindset of what can you do and, and what's the opportunity that exists and figuring out how you can generate a, a cash flow from it. Wow, Ryan, you provided so much insight in just these few minutes. I really appreciate that and your honesty and covering so many topics. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Yeah, I would definitely encourage encourage any of the, the listeners to, to reach out. Uh, shoot me a quick email. Uh, my email address is ryan at prosperityaid.com. And uh, you can also find me on, on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. And we have a, a free report available outlining the top 10 benefits of, of investing in land that would be happy to share if, if anyone shoots me an email and we'll be happy to get in touch with them and also set up a, a free consultation call to talk about their unique strategy and what their goals are and investment philosophy in order to, to support them on that venture. Ryan, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yes, thanks, Steph. I appreciate the opportunity and hope your listeners found this beneficial. If you are enjoying and learning from this podcast, I would greatly appreciate a review. And I would also like to thank our latest reviewer, Mama Labs says, love it. Super amazing podcast with the best host. Highly recommend. Thank you so much, Mama Labs, for your review. I really appreciate it. And I will see you guys next time.